Hey buds, it's me, Mike Benner, the least liked member of the Airbuds podcast. In light of today's news that Brittany Griner has been released from Russian prison, we are re-releasing an episode that we uh, did back in August with Steve Zissou, who is the defense attorney for Victor Bar, the arms dealer who uh, President Joe Biden exchanged uh, for Brittany Griner. Uh, this is a real episode. It is really the real Steve Zissou. Uh, you get a I think a point of view on this story that uh, you're not going to get on any other basketball podcast. And also, you know, Steve is just kind of a fascinating, uh, nice, funny guy. Uh, so enjoy this re-release episode. Bye. Welcome to the Air Buds Podcast, now officially partnering with CNN and the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm sorry. Why, why are you apologizing? We have a, a great show coming up. Because those were lies, but this is a great show and CNN need to come holler at us, man. We could definitely do a good hour in their afternoon block. I mean, goddamn. I'm Mike Benner. Oh, hi, Mike. I'm sorry. I I forgot you was here, man. (laughs) Uh, Guys, insane episode today. Uh, I I mean, look, we're gonna we have an interview uh, with uh, with someone that actually has power in the world. We have a real interview. This isn't a pretend (laughs) interview. This This isn't isn't John Stockton. This isn't the. the guy from North Macedonia. This isn't <laughs> Vernon Maxwell. The Doc Rivers. <laughs> this isn't I, uh, uh, Michael Jordan's fake publicist. This isn't White Jamel. This isn't yeah. White Jamel. This is real. I swear on everything I love in this world, it's real. This is not a character. This is not a friend playing somebody. Guys, this is the uh, the attorney for Victor Boot, uh, the man who is the U.S. government is currently trying to trade uh to russia for britney griner um we've got steve zisu the the attorney for the merchant of death we did it we did a real interview with him we We did it yeah hey 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 athletic listen Uh, up if there's one thing we've said about this podcast it's that we are serious journalists been saying it (laughs) yeah been Uh, saying it Steve uh, was a great guy, fascinating, so much interesting shit. He kind of talks us through a lot about uh, Victor Boot specifically and, and the Brittany Griner situation. Obviously, he couldn't say a lot of stuff, but I think what he does say is plenty. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Uh, um, I yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how this happened. All I okay, my girlfriend. One of my girlfriend's close friends is his is dating his daughter, and that's how that. And so he agreed to do the show because he loves his daughter. He loves his daughter. Uh, he does love basketball. Uh, we learned we learned a little bit about that at the end. And I'm kind of like, just come back and talk basketball, <laughs> like. Uh, but 
Yeah, it was weird. The emails, like, yeah, we just got an email to the Airbuds uh, podcast at gmail.com account. Uh, and basically, it was just like, hey, guys, uh, I'm in for this podcast, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't believe, like, Anna told me in a text, and I was like, what the hell are you talking about? How is this what's happening? And then I said, would he do earbuds? Joking around. Next thing I know, it gets back to the daughter. And they're like, yeah, what's your email? And also Steve's uh, assistant, John Cruz, who I don't know if you guys have been following the email exchange. That guy's a real character. I was like, do we have John Cruz on <laughs> next? Maybe. We're open to all other serious <laughs> Yo, people coming on this podcast. Whoever, but, uh, if you want to have a fun time, if you're serious and you want to have a fun time and talk about basketball for 42 seconds and uh, get real with us, come on by. All right. Well, let's get some business out of the way before we throw to our interview with Steve Zissou. Also, uh, his name's Steve Zissou. Like, that's his real name. I just want to. Yeah. I just want to stress. Google it because, it, again, this is not a character. <laughs> this is not this a, is real. This is a real person. I did suggest that we wear red beanies to the interview, and I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad we didn't. Yeah, uh, guys, if you want to support us, go to Patreon.com/slash/AirBudsPod. Five dollars a month gets you bonus episodes, gets you access to the Discord, uh, gets you. Uh, Free T-shirts every once in a while. You know what, guys? I'm gonna let me, let me grab a T-shirt real quick. Peter, how you doing? I also have free T-shirts, but I'm not leaving the middle of our introduction to the most, the most groundbreaking interview we've ever done to go find it and talk about it. it. Look, man, there's a lot going on. You know how Benner gets. You know how Benner gets when we uh, when we're about to win an award. Yeah, we're about to win a fucking Peabody, and he's like, um. Let me show you this cool shirt that I have once from my skate park days. Uh, oh, hey, Mike. Hey. Hey, what the fuck? Uh-huh. Guys, I'm giving away that Vince Staples shirt that I talked about. Vince Staples designed this t-shirt. Uh, it is a tan shirt with a really cool design on it. Uh, size large, but it's definitely shrunk a little bit, which is why I'm giving it away. So uh, stay tuned for the emoji that I'll mention at some point during during the uh during the rest of the show and if you are part of our discord uh then you get to go c- try to win it um does that make sense did i explain that well <laughs> yeah let's let's go to the interview yeah uh guys uh and if you can't support us at patreon.com slash pod you know what just go to apple Podcasts or spotify and click five stars tell a friend to listen to us tell a friend that we love them um and that we miss them and that they should listen and you know what, guys? Let's go to our interview with Steve Zissou. Guys, today we have a really uh, very special guest to offer a, a very unique perspective on the ongoing Britain Grinder situation in Russia uh, that we've been talking about for, for, for months at this point. Uh, please welcome attorney Steve Zissou. Hi, Steve. Uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me on, folks. Uh, thank you for being here. We don't usually have uh, respectable guests, so it's, it's nice to change the pace. Yeah, this is huge for us. Thank you. <laughs> That's quite all right. Well, you know, when you represent somebody who all of America refers to as the merchant of death, it's, you know, it's, you don't make a lot of friends. So, uh, so I'm happy to be here with you guys. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we wanted to talk to you because you are, uh, the attorney, uh, representing Victor Bout, who is, uh, the, you know, by all reports, the, the kind of 
prisoner that America is trying to swap uh, for Brittany Griner and also uh, uh, the Marine who's uh, Whelan, uh, whose name first name escapes me. Uh, can well, I ask how did you uh, how did you come to represent the Merchant of Death? Well, did you so, buy some uh, death from him? <laughs> no, a few AK-47s maybe, but no. no. Uh, so, uh, and you know, you could always use a, sh- uh, a, sh- a shoulder length, a shoulder, uh, uh, a shoulder to uh, missile, whatever those things. Oh, are for called. sure. Yeah. Yeah. RPGs, yeah, yeah. yeah. RPGs, very good. But, yeah. Uh, but and so, so let me just uh, let me just correct something right away. It's counterintuitive, but it's uh, Victor Boot, as in B O O T. Not bout like a boxing match. I know you guys are a basketball team, so it's boot actually, which is which is interesting. So. That's my bad. That's uh, that is uh, that is a product of me reading it, uh, but never watching exactly. a, a new segment and about it. Don't and, listen and, about it about it before we have important people on the show. Benner. So, sorry. sorry. Uh, so, well, the interesting thing about it is, you know, I, I did an interview uh, on CNN last week. Uh, Laura Coates, I think her name was, and she referred to him as as uh, as Bout also. And you know, right out of the right out of the gate, I subtly corrected her, and she wasn't happy the rest of the interview. So hopefully, we, we like to think of ourselves it. as the CNN of uh, basketball comedy podcast. So hopefully, I, it probably goes pretty uh, similar. Uh, so okay, go. So the question is, well, how did I get associated with Victor? And you know, I, I've been uh, conferring with Victor and his family for. Uh, since he got brought back to the U.S. from Thailand uh, back, uh, well, I guess it's now. 2012, was that around? Yeah, well, something, well, no, he was, he was actually brought back 2008. He'd been in jail for 15 years, so counting mm. the time he was in, in Thailand. So uh, it, right. it's been a while. I started conferring with him um, uh, over the years, and then, and then eventually uh, I took over the case about two years ago. Uh, I, I noticed on your LinkedIn page that it says you're an expert uh, in in Russia and Russian affairs. Russia, uh, is that how true. they found you, or did, did you find yourself becoming one because you were conferring with them so much? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, had some over the years, but certainly um, uh, the last two years have uh, have been able to allow me to honestly say I'm an expert, uh, a Russian expert, because. Uh, until you until you really uh, dig down here, uh, I've been to the embassy now, met with several government officials, the ambassador of the United States. You know, until until you really uh, learn how to think like a, a Russian does, uh, you can't really call yourself a Russian expert. Do you have any full Adidas suits? I, I, like for no, when I, you go I, over there, do you have like for diplomacy? No, well, yeah. So no, I don't. And and frankly, I'm I'm also the least athletic person in the, in the family. Oh, I think uh, so. history shows us that you do not have to be athletic to wear a full Adidas suit. Oh that no, is, man, yeah. it's it. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I would say it almost. You know, those who are not athletic probably wear them better than those. The who most, do. yeah. It warms the curves as opposed but to. No, I I do not have. Uh, in fact, I don't even have. A, I don't even own a sweatsuit. How scary is that? And well, that actually even, makes me believe in you more as a lawyer. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to see a, your defense attorney show up in a tracksuit. You want to. Yeah, that'd be awful. That's what, yeah. that's what I always, that's what, that's my view of it was. You have to wear nice shoes too. Otherwise folks don't take it seriously. I have a question for you. What does, um, uh, what does Russia get in a, uh, like in, in potentially bringing 
Victor, Victor home. home. Sure. Well, what is well, that? So is that? Uh, you have to. Yeah, I mean, you have to understand a little bit of the history, right? So, um, you know, back around 2005, uh, the U.S. government, uh, uh, in the in the name of, or, or I should say, in the name of you folks, the people in the state of the United States, um, uh, assigned to the Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA. Um, uh, the task of creating a crime against Victor Boot, uh, so for the sole purpose, uh, so that he could be charged. Um, and, and these are called sting operations. Uh, they're kind of common in the United States. They're really not common in other parts of the world. Other governments don't don't do them. Um, and uh, and so they did that because they didn't like what Victor was involved in decades before. Uh, transporting business, as I call it, um, and his transporting business was very lucrative after the fall of the Soviet Union. Uh, it was kind of a kind of a cowboy capitalism, if you will, uh, and so there were lots of folks getting involved in all sorts of business. And so, what that was seen at the time and continues to be the, the, the thing today uh, is an affront on Russian sovereignty. You know, the Russians were apoplectic. You know, here he's referred to as a notorious arms dealer, uh, merchant of death. But in Russia, he's a respected citizen. At the time, they targeted him. He was tired. Uh, he was retired, out of the uh, transportation business. Literally. Probably also tired, though, from running all those transports. <laughs> For sure, man. <laughs> well, no, you know, if you've ever seen one of those big old Russian, it was the largest cargo planes ever made. It's an Antonov Seven, I think it's called. These are these enormous cargo planes, the largest cargo planes. Built. And, you know, after the fall, there were several of them <laughs> sitting around that you could get for pennies on a dollar. And uh, and that's how you started transportation. So and it sounds like a house like... in Detroit, like buying a house in Detroit. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It sounds like America was just jealous that they weren't moving their cargo in the same oh, way. Mean, hey, look, well, that's another know, podcast. It, <laughs> well, that you know, that's an interesting uh, uh, question, too, because... Again, some of the stuff that folks in this country don't talk about is the U.S. government actually used Victor's transportation company to move uh, material into the war zone uh, around 2001 after 9-11. And so he helped DEA, the DOD, I should say, to find so there's a- transportation services. There's there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, the, the Russian government uh, – holding Brittany Griner kind of again for this punitive kind of uh, small possession of, of, a, of a drug. And despite the fact that she's kind of, you know, a well-known national figure there for having played basketball for almost a decade in Russia, um, you know, as it's kind of being politically motivated, but it sounds like there might be a chance that, you know, the U S kind of started it with a kind of <laughs> politically motivated arrest of Victor boot. Well, that's exactly what happened. That, yeah. that, that's that's my point. That they yeah. since that time, uh, what what you no longer see uh, is what you might expect between two countries uh, who treat each other citizens respectfully. So before that, if you if you rolled into uh, a Moscow airport with something that was technically illegal but not the crime of the century, you know they might call the embassy and say, you know, get this asshole out of here. I mean, that's that's what they would do. But since then, since Victor's targeting now repeatedly, if you're a U.S. citizen and, and you break the law, you're going to be treated way much more seriously. 
Yeah, there was uh, another famous case. I think a, a professor who was traveling through Russia last year who's currently being uh, starting a 14-year sentence for having a couple right. ounces of marijuana, correct? Or a couple grams of yeah. marijuana. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it, it wasn't, you know, in, in his case, um, it wasn't a couple of grams. He actually secreted um, 15 or so vape cartridges and his shoes and other parts of his luggage. Um, so it's 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 not quite... Uh, Reiner's case where the amount was less than uh, was less than a gram. This was this was a significant amount for um, for Russia. Anyway, it's not significant. Yeah. It's, you know, you got to remember, I'm also known as the cannabis lawyer in New York City. That's what I wanted to ask you about <laughs> next. Was so like it's a little yeah. it's a little uh, it's a little unusual, uh, ironic, you might say. Well, can you imagine going to the airport? And having vape cartridges leak out like, like slimer <laughs> off the side yeah. of your carry on. Yeah, no, it That's... would be. Well, so anyway, this this uh, this uh, the teacher who was over there for uh, several years teaching there. Uh, he he actually admitted, uh, you know, that he did this and he thought he could get away with. In fact, his son was interviewed. Uh, uh, the Washington Post story where where the, and they asked him, you know, why did your father do it? And his son said because he thought he could get away with it. So, <laughs> so uh, and that's one of the reasons why I think he's not one of the ones who have been designated wrongly detained uh, because his his, his 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 crime was so clear cut. So he's not in that special unit that was created uh, uh, that that uh, Griner and Paul Whale. Is there Paul. anything that I'm not and I'm listen. Um, I'm not informed, and I'm not well read about this. But it's not going to stop me from asking this question. Um, is there anything that Victor is accused of that's not par for the course for the CIA or um, arms manufacturers here in the U.S. That is kind of the motivation for how he was treated, other than the fact that they didn't like how and where he was doing the exact same thing. Well, I mean, so. You know, the answer, I guess, uh, in great lawyeries is yes and no. The, 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 at the time that Victor had his transportation business, uh, there, the arms dealer business was kind of robust. Uh, but that doesn't exist anymore. There's several reasons for that. One is that it's very, it's a lot easier to track where things move around the world. GPS and satellites and stuff. There are so literal it, like Twitter accounts set up that track yeah, like Drake's private yeah, plane. <laughs> like you can, yeah, yeah, we pretty much. And the US we know all the plane work. owners for the NBA. We know where everyone's tails are and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, and so in the U.S. government and other countries can actually blow shit up from a distance, and so if they don't like what you're doing, they can just blow you up from a distance. But the second reason, which is probably equally important, is uh, and the reason. Uh, whether Victor wanted to stay in the business or not, is um, countries have taken over the business. You know, Russia's uh, arms dealer of the world, U.S. is an arms dealer of the world, and all our European allies, China. And these are major budget items in the in these countries' budgets. You know, we make a lot of money selling arms. And, uh, you know, there is some truth to be said that uh, the Russian government, you know, put an end to that kind of entrepreneurship. The small business owner gets screwed again. Boy, I know all about <laughs> it. Yeah. You know I know. Yeah. 
one when Victor uh, uh, inevitably, uh, if 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 this happens, when Victor arrives back in uh, Moscow, does he face any kind of uh, criminal charges or any kind of penalties from the no. Russian government, or is it just like a championship well, parade anything. down? Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. Well, look, I I don't I don't know. Look, Victor's got 15 years of lost life, um, so I I don't know that. My my guess would be that Victor's going to prefer to, uh, you know, live a quiet life uh, for for the rest of it. He might complain a little bit about being targeted, but eventually he's got, you know, he's got to do the things that that most folks have to. You got to take care of your family. You got to make a living. His parents are getting much older. He's got to take care of them. So you know, it's not like he's going to have an easy time of it when he gets out. He's going to have responsibilities like most folks do who get out of jail, right? It's uh, it's tough to rebuild your life. He obviously lived quite a like a little bit of a, a jet set lifestyle. Was kind of always on the move for a long, long time. Uh, does now he like? If I'm him and I'm coming back to Russia in this situation, I'm like, well, I can never leave Russia again because who knows if you know I go to Thailand again and they they arrest me again or something like that. Well, I mean, look again. It's another one of those yes and no's. It's not like he did anything criminal mm-hmm. right another you know other than the dea targeting him and creating this crime and, and creating a conversation just so he could be charged in the u.s courtroom uh he there were no there was no other country that that had accused him of anything that indicted him charged him with any crime so uh I, I, his his i think look russia's a big place he's better off staying there right uh, yeah. but but I don't. I don't think there's going to be uh, limitations, uh, other than uh, personally imposed. He's going to live a quiet existence and take care of his family. Is how much of the um, like the the feet dragging on America's part? Do you think is based on the fear that Victor is going to like live out? A uh, plot from NCIS Los Angeles. Yeah, no. you know what I'm so, saying. <laughs> so, you know, uh, look. If bottom line is Victor's going home, no matter what, in five or six years, right? The sentence is almost over, right? Even though that talk crime that he was uh, charged with and convicted of after trial, um, even though in our under our law, you know, you get the same punishment for talking about a crime than you do actually committing. The crime. It's it's hard for folks to process, but that's how it is. Mandatory minimum is 25 years in jail. The judge in the case has said repeatedly, I wouldn't have given him that if I had a choice. I don't like the way the case was prosecuted, but that's our law. So, you know, there's talk about, oh, you're too dangerous. You got to, you know, got to, can't let him out. You can't use this. You can't let Americans will be a danger. The reality is uh, U.S. citizens are less safe because Victor Booth was targeted by the U.S. government, not more safe. You know, we have law enforcement agencies in this case. You folks know this. You're Americans. You, you, you listen and watch every day. Law enforcement more often does something because they can as opposed to whether they should. You know, and whether it's, you know, breaking down somebody's door and shooting up the occupants when they're executing a search warrant or creating a crime uh, uh, because they can as opposed to what the consequences are going to be. Uh, that's that's kind of common here, and and you know that that's that 
you you do want to have some independence of law enforcement so they're not subject to political pressure. But at the same time, you got to have folks in charge who ask that question, should we do this? And what's the ramifications of doing it? Uh, ask me about a, another famous client. His name is Michael Koch, also known as Dudas. He was Jamaican, uh, Jamaican some years ago who, uh, who was also targeted by the U.S. government. And... Uh, uh, the same district insisted that he be extradited down at Tivoli Gardens in, in Kingston, Jamaica. And in an effort to, uh, Jamaicans first said no, because he was known as the president or Prezi, and he ran Tivoli Gardens, and he was a very important person there. He helped the prime minister down there get elected. And and uh, the US, and they refused to extradite him. And so the, the U.S. government started putting pressure on folks in Jamaica you know, mostly the white, rich Jamaicans who like to travel back and forth to, to Jamaica. And eventually they cut him, they, they decided to extradite him. And in doing so, his community defended him. 78 people were killed by the, uh, by, by, the uh, by, by, by law enforcement. And, uh, and, and, you know, he's going to be home soon too, right? And, you know, the question is, was it worth it? Does the, did the U.S. Attorney's Office of the District say, yeah, maybe that wasn't a good idea? No, no not whatsoever. Do they today say maybe it wasn't a good idea that they targeted Coke like that? No. Do they say maybe it was a bad idea to set this in motion with the boot? No, they don't. And that's, you mean that's to tell me the U.S. government isn't in, admitting a wrong and they're going <laughs> to let the shit turn into something way worse? That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, and you see this, too. I mean, what's what's the it's not just it's not just merchant of death. That, that's that that's off, that's off everybody's lips. But but it's Americans. There are hostages. Russians in the U.S. are criminals who deserve what they have, you know, and. You know, the truth is probably somewhere in between because in Russia, you know, uh, Paul Whelan, for example, he's one of those hostages, the Marine Paul Whelan, who was convicted of espionage in Russia. Well, in Russia, he's a notorious spy, right? So here he's a hostage. But, you know, that it's it's that it's that kind of hypocrisy that has put these two countries in a position where somebody like Brittany Griner, a two time gold medalist. Uh, is stuck in a jail over there and looking at nine years off of Has Has there been a lot of back and forth about who's going to get swapped? Like, has America been trying to, like, okay, we want Brittany. How about you toss in uh, Paul? Yeah, what does the, what is the international in? swap trade machine look like? <laughs> well, Does ESPN have a section for that? <laughs> so, you know, look, um, um uh, the Russians look at it differently than the Americans do, right? Uh, and and that's because uh, look, part of it is again hostages, bad people, right? And so on the U.S. side, uh, turning over Victor is a big get. You know, it's a big thing, right? Even though he's only got five or six years left to go. Um, but on the Russian side, they, they look at it more insofar as, uh, you know, what's the value, right? Well, Brittany's got eight and a half years to go. Victor's got about, a, you know, as little as five, as much as six and a half years. That's a good trade, one-on-one. Uh, for the optics, do I think the, the Russians, have, do I think, let me, let me tell you, for the optics, do I think uh, 
the U.S. would would prefer to have Paul Whelan involved, sure, because you know he's the merchant of death. So they created this boogeyman, they created this this monster, and so now if they turn over the merchant of death for these hostages, it looks better. Russians, on the other hand, are more practical when it comes to to resolve this thing, which is why so, they <clears throat> don't like all the publicity surrounding you know the State Department's reveal of what the offer was. So Paul Whelan is more of a, a throw-in to kind of make the U.S. look like they got a little bit of a better deal out of it. Well, I mean, you know, I wouldn't. I would. It's actually the reverse. Remember, uh, Whelan was convicted of espionage in Russia. Mm-hmm. He wasn't targeted in the United States. He went there, got convicted of espionage. It's a serious thing. There got a sixteen-year sentence. You know, the way I look at it is, it's Whelan for boot and 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 Brittany. A BG is the is that is that is that big salary the two teams got to got to trade in order to make the deal work in the NBA, right? That, because she, you know, but for all the publicity, she probably would have gotten a minor sentence. She could have been forty five, yeah. right? That was kind of like Jim- with like with the Lakers with Kuzma when the fans started <laughs> going crazy about Kuzma. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's like it's like you got a battle. Look, look, you have all this talk about the Knicks getting. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, and they got to make the salaries matches. And who's going to be added? So it really, it, practically speaking, it's whaling for boot. Which the U.S. government could add four years ago, by the way, but they turned it down. And so they could add, they could add whaling for boot four years ago. They, Crazy, uh, they blew it off. Uh, well, let now me ask you because now they want to do, now they want to do it. The Russians are like, oh, thank yeah. you very much. I was so generous of you, motherfuckers. Yeah. You know, it's like. <laughs> It seems like uh, like Brittany Griner, uh, you know, got detained back in February, and then you know people in the basketball world knew about it. And but it wasn't until kind of, you know, seemingly uh, LeBron James or other big celebrities started, you know, posting about you know free BG uh, in you know April May that like it became a actual concern for the government at least from from news reports from your perspective like when did Brittany Griner kind of enter the conversation in regards to Victor well let's just say uh it, it has made my life more interesting mm-hmm. since she was since she was brought in and, and this is this is in part because uh, because uh uh the notoriety in particular of getting the sports desk people involved who are writing or podcasting about this for the first time uh, br- brings a fresh perspective. So for the very first time, and I think it's the only time it's ever happened, a, a writer uh, wrote an article that was fair and did not use the phrase merchant of death, which Louise, Louise Randowski, who's, the, who's a very fine sports reporter for the Wall Street Journal. She does wonderful, and she really writes some excellent pieces, and she's never been involved in anything like this again. So, you know, that has, that I think, the 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 attention that folks who don't normally uh, pay attention to these things and have a fresh perspective, I think that's really what, what got things going. Um, and, and, you know, that's good. I mean, because you want to have attention paid to it. So it was the press that kind of eventually kind of, influence well, the yeah. official channels to kind of bring be like what if we well, it, it, you know that that it wouldn't be fair to say that because because um, uh, 
you know, the families were quiet right away, and that's what all the families do. Like, I think uh, of all the families of Americans uh, that we have reached out to to try to start a dialogue and see how we can help each other. The only one that ever responds is Trevor Reed's people. And that was only after they, they, were, they needed something desperately and, and we were able to help them get it. And uh, I might go into that later, but but uh, but but the state—it's not like the state department's not doing anything, but they understand that it's better to do it quietly. But and so at first the families will listen to, don't say anything, don't do anything, we'll handle it, don't talk to lawyer, don't blah, 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 don't make a big deal about it, you know, we'll we'll figure this out. But eventually, uh, the clock starts to tick. You know, it's day hundred on the Brittany watch, day one thirty, day one fifty, and before you know it, you sent to nine and a half years and. You know, families are going nuts. So, you know, that's what that's what that's what generates the tension. More people start talking about it uh, the longer it goes, and that's that's that doesn't mean the State Department's not trying. It just means there's more people talking about it. And and look, it's so so. You know, for example, President of the United States' primary obligation is to protect the citizens. Right? There's no other higher Goal that no other how the responsibility of the president. To, to I heard that. Citizens, right. So, so you know, eventually though, you, you got to be able to communicate the families in a very public way that look, we're trying, we're trying really hard. If nothing else, then to let families get a little bit more sleep at night. And so, you know, eventually they came out with this. We made a substantial proposal, which is which is which is fine, except. It alienates the Russians because they do not like doing this publicly. As they, they, right. they do not I was like what say, I, yeah. well, what I've called megaphone diplomacy. That's, that's right. Really I've read that term a bunch in in in, in seeing this coverage. Yes. Yeah. So you know, I, but but you you know, it, it, it's not fair to say that Blinken State Special Envoy. It's not it's not fair to say they weren't trying. They were, but you know. You also don't want to show your hand, right? I mean, you're not you're not LeBron James, you're not Kevin Durant, right? You 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 don't have you don't you can't decide which team you're going to go to. You, you, they've got to make a deal, and there's several Americans there, there's several Russians here. There's very little in the way of uh, communication between the two countries now. You know, we're going to run the verge of a nuclear exchange. You know, there's uh you know it's a little scary to be talking. Uh, I don't want you to show your hand, but uh, too much. But how? What percent optimism are you that a deal Blink. gets done? Yeah, blink in the next six months. It'll happen in this year. Just blink. Don't say it out loud. <laughs> well, you know, let me just say two things. Um, you know, if the Russians, if the Russians overplay that right now, obviously by making the announcement, it, it, the, the U.S. side. Uh, lost some leverage, right? And it's, that's not rocket science, right? They, you know, they went public, leverage down, Russians now got more leverage, right? So uh, if the Russians do not uh, overplay their hand, uh, if they don't get greedy, uh, then I actually think it's going to happen quickly. If, uh, my view of it is if it's going to happen, it's going to happen soon. And, you know, I mean, like, I'm talking any day now. It's going to happen, uh, unless uh, unless one side or the other gets greedy. Right now, we know what the U.S. offer is. It's been widely publicized. The U.S. government hasn't hasn't denied it. Um, 
you will know things are falling apart if the families start to go public. If the families start to, to, to rattle a cage again, then you know there's a problem, right? If they continue to be quiet, uh, you know, that's just reading tea leaves, right? Uh, here's another tea leaf example. If Griner waves a repeal, something good is going to happen. If, uh, uh, if she files a repeal uh, and still nothing happens, that's a bad sign. If, for example, she stays in pretrial detention as opposed to being moved to uh, a, a penal colony, uh, that's a good sign, right? If she gets moved, that's a bad sign. They kept they kept they kept Paul Whelan in pretrial detention for four months, waiting for the U.S. to agree to flop to swap the victim for Paul, and eventually shipped him. So those are the tea leaves, um, but it's quiet. Um, uh, hasn't been a lot of reporting. Uh, so, you know, uh, families start to go nuclear again. If they start to go crazy, then then we know this could be a while. Well, this has all been uh, absolutely fascinating. And I, I would love to just ask you a bunch more, but we don't want to keep you too long. I have one more uh, question. Peter, um, has one more question. Are you a Knicks fan? Of course. Born and raised. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, what, what's very- been the most painful? Uh, um, <laughs> Hold on, Peter. No, 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 no. No, I'm, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you. My, my, I'm going to tell you. The most painful thing is wondering if I am going to live long enough to see the Knicks win another championship. Remember, I, those are those are my days when when they won. Well, Damn, as, a, as, as, as a Cleveland Browns fan, I can answer that for you. The answer is no. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look, once this thing clears up, come talk uh, Atlantic Conference basketball with us, Atlantic Division basketball, please. Right, you got you got a Sixers fan and a Wizards fan over here, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But this is, you know, the Madden Square Garden's the greatest arena in the world. You guys have never been there. It's worth it, especially the old guy, gold guy. Old Garland, uh, old garden. Uh, watching uh, Bernard King put up fifty in the old garden and the place. Well, having the Boston uh, Celtics come in, and all you could hear during the national anthem is "Boston sucks, Boston sucks," <laughs> and you nice. couldn't hear another word, and it was nonstop throughout the entire game. So I saw Ricky Rubio put up thirty-eight on the Knicks uh, last year in a win. So I, I probably got that feeling too as a Cavs fan. <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah, you so yes, much yeah, Steve. Steve. appreciate you sir wow wowie zowie Jalen Brunson I hope you were listening <laughs> professional journalist here just talking uh, talking shop with another professional that's what we do on this podcast professionals uh, uh, listen we're available to, to have other interviews with serious people just hit us up at airbudspodcast at gmail.com I think we conduct ourselves pretty nicely honestly this the goal is i was gonna say the goal is once once this deal is done uh we get victor boot on the show now we're talking yeah whoa all right guys thank you for listening that was uh i think that was kind of a crazy episode but i hope you guys liked it and uh go to if you're in the state department get the deal done free Brittany grinder Hello. Sabadoo. 
the emoji is a microphone. 